When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello there guys and welcome back to the last word on Spurs where we're looking back on a win against Leicester City in the Premier League and also looking ahead to Spurs' Champions League last 16 first leg tie against Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday evening. Now helping me in this next hour, delighted to have alongside me as usual Jason McGovern. Jace, how are you? Day of agony yesterday, not knowing what was going on all afternoon because I was working but uh... Relieved to see the result, and I finally managed to see the 90 minutes today. And the other thing, I, I haven't got one step beyond that, and we head all day. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Do you know that you actually apologise, Jace, formally for that song? Can you believe that? Well, apparently they have, but they shouldn't. There's no way they should have done. They should, have, they should be playing it every day for the next six months or something. Hopefully, <laughs> they'll play it in a cup final at, at, at the end as well. That would be good fun. It will be indeed. Jordan, Jason, we're delighted to have two debutants on the last one on Spurs. First up, we've got actor, writer, film producer Sen joins us. Sen, how are you? Mate, I'm fine. I'm just warming up on the touchline here, mate. Fantastic. <laughs> you got your boots on then, Sen, for a good debut, yeah? I'm not sure it's a pretty... I'm glad this is only for... Um, not a video call. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> have you got your number 23 on, Sen? Of course, mate. Good boy. Okay. <laughs> like it. Like it. 
Jordan Sen and Jason again. We're handing out another debut. We've got Alf from Coiscom. Alf, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. Thank you for having me. Very happy after that three points. Jace, so Spurs responded to Liverpool's victory with one of their own, their fourth straight one in the Premier League, to stay five points behind the leaders after beating Leicester 3-1. What did you make of the game, Jace? Well, as I say, not, not watching it live or not really knowing what was going on other than the odd score flash, that was nervous enough. But it was probably the calmer way to watch it because when I watched the 90 minutes today, I think I'd have been a nervous wreck in that, in that last 20 minutes, that's for sure, from the moment Vardy came on. But let's be fair, I mean, Leicester, Leicester were probably as good a side as we've played all season at Wembley. They, they gave us all sorts of problems on, and on another day probably will feel that they, they should have done enough to at least get something from it. But somehow we found a way, you know, yet again, it was one of our liability players, this time Hugo, that, that, uh, that came to the rescue with an excellent display and, you know, Sonny's goal at the end was just made those last few minutes a little bit more calm, didn't it? But uh, main thing was was three points. That's what we said. You know, Leicester have, have given uh, Liverpool problems. They've given Man City problems. They've given Chelsea problems and, and taken points. So it was important that we got the three and that's what we did. Yeah, very much so. It's nice to see a Leicester team actually come to Wembley, just in general, a team as an opposition, actually have a go, not sit there 11 men behind the ball, actually come to Spurs and give us a game. Sent, so despite Spurs starting a game without Kane, Ali, out of real, they continue to find a way to win. And that's despite having to play versus 12 men after what can only be described, I'm going to say, as a pathetic refereeing performance from Michael Oliver. Great character from the team again, Sen. Well, absolutely. I'm mean, just talking about Michael Oliver for a, for a second. I mean, he's supposed to be one of our top referees, and to to call that a dive is is shocking. I mean, it is, I, I think it's patently obvious to everybody that was a you know a, a nailed on penalty. But um, it's one of those things. But talking about um, how we're getting on without our two main uh, players, credit to Spurs. I mean, you know, we've got two windows without buying anybody. I must admit, I was a little bit concerned. But listen, you know, in pottery belief. So you know, the guys are doing fantastically well. Mm, they are. I mean, Spurs have now won 20 league games this season. Only in their top flight title winning campaign of 60-61 have they ever won more after the first 26 matches of a season. 22. Just incredible stuff. And Alf, let's bring you in because there were some nervy moments towards the end of that match. And Loris was absolutely key into massive moments during the game. But Spurs, we do keep marching on. We're now 10 points clear of 5th place Chelsea and 6th place Arsenal respectively. And oh, keep oh, on... Sorry, I had to do that. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and keep on consolidating that place within the top four and the Champions League places. What did you make of the performance, Alf? I thought it was our run come to an end, to be honest. I thought Leicester played really well. I think they caused us a lot of problems. And if there was a bit more clinical... I think they probably should have put the game to bed and I think they'd be angry with their performance themselves. Uh, but we keep winning ugly. This is Pochettino's side. We find the way and we get the three points. So, happy days. We've got to keep plugging away. Mm. We've got loads of questions in, guys. So we'll try and throw some in throughout the night. Let's stick with you, Alf. We've got a question from Alexander Hackett at alhackett17 who says, if we win all our remaining games but lose against City and Liverpool to then finish in a strong second or third position... How many more times will we get accused of bottling a title race we were never in? I think there's going to be only one bottlers that bottle this league and it'll be Liverpool. Otherwise, so they 10 points clear at one point. So we're not bottlers. Uh, I did see an interesting stat. We've took 54 points out of a possible 60 against teams outside of the top six. And obviously we have four of the big top six to play and three of them away. So it's a tough test, but if we can do it, 
Honestly, I'd, I'd be speechless. But we are, we've got to just keep plugging away. We keep taking these three points and who knows. Like Jason says, always one game at a time. Stunning Spurs says, no stadium, no signs in a year. All of England against us. And now dealing with a referee that's completely against us. Is nothing new for us though. Tottenham against the world, Coys. Jace, we've got another question in from Matt Robinson at Matt280994, who says, do you guys think that if Chelsea or Liverpool or City won that game, they would get much more credit than Spurs would? I think they'd have got credit for it, even if they'd have held out for a draw the other <laughs> side. People would say, well, you know, if you're not playing well, signs of a good side are those that win it, aren't they? So, but I, I bet Liverpool would have got praise for that. You know, they almost got praised for drawing 1-1 at home to Leicester as it was the other night. So, <laughs> but, you know, we, we, let's, we just have to get over this. You know, we, we know what the, the, the media is like. At the end of the day, nothing they, like I said last week, nothing they say affects us on the pitch. It's it's what you do on the pitch. Go and get your three points. It doesn't matter what Graham Soonis thinks of you. It doesn't matter what, what Robbie Savage thinks of you. You've got to go and prove yourselves on the pitch. And, and that's all that we should... We should be worried about, mate. And as we walked off that pitch at 93 minutes, whether we played well, whether we were lucky, makes no difference. The three points were ours, and, and that's all we can control. Mm. Sen, Andy at Coy's YYZ says, I love we have dropped minimal points to clubs outside the big six. We're 54 points out of a possible 60, but against the other big five, we've only scored six out of 18. We have four games left against Big Six, and three of those are away from home, i.e. Wembley. Do you have any confidence our form will improve against Big Six rivals? Good question. What do you think, Sen? I, I think it's a very fair question. I think if you'd have asked that to us a few years ago, we, we might not be able to come up with a very good answer. I think now that we, we're a bit more resilient. I can't profess to say, you know, we, we're going to do better, but I think that we, as a team, we're better to have a go at them now. I think that's the difference. I think before we might have capitulated a lot be- uh, a lot sooner. I think now we've got a bit of resilience and backbone to us. So I, I get the question, but I think in fairness to us, I think we're better now. So I think the future has, you know, the future games that we've got to play, albeit some of them away. I know we've got, um, I've got Liverpool, we've got Arsenal coming up soon. Or should that's I say right, that's, yeah. that's South London team. Um, <laughs> and, and we've got, uh, I'm just looking at our next fixtures. I mean, really, I mean, apart from playing the Dortmund Champions League side, I mean, Southampton, Palace, then we've got Liverpool, Brighton and Huddersfield. I think, really, you know, if we're looking at those points, um, we're going to do very well because I think two of those three are pretty much doomed. Um, if we can do well against Liverpool, I know it's away, and if we can do well against uh, Man City, um, even if we draw, um, I think that's going to put us in good stead. I think we've got a chance, but it will be an outside chance to do well against these teams. But we're improving, don't forget. And as I said, we haven't splashed out millions. And to be, I think if you'd have asked any Spurs supporter um, a year ago, we'd be top three, five points off the lead, and in the Champions League, and doing as well as we'd, we'd have snapped anybody's hand off. Mm. They're doing very well, aren't they? And you said there, you know, you mentioned in those fixtures there, saying we've still got to play Man City... And obviously, we've got to play Liverpool. So, whatever happens, Spurs are going to have a say in the title, wherever it ends up this season. Let's look back at the team selection for this one, Alf, because Oliver Skip was selected in the heart of the Tottenham Hotspur midfield, while Lorente also started the game. Danny Rose came back in at left-back, while centre-back Toby Alderweireld was rested ahead of Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League on Wednesday night. And Eric Lamella missed out altogether for a back spasm, but Pochettino was hopeful of his availability ahead of Dortmund. What did you make of that selection, Alf? Because 
you always hear on social media there's always something you know not right about the selection was you fairly happy with that team potch fielded yeah i was i think it was tough on oliver skip i think he's received a bit of criticism on social media after the performance listen he's no doubt talented Maybe it was a chance too soon. I think he did get bypassed in the game quite a bit. And if I remember, I don't remember him doing a lot in the game, to be honest with you. Um, I think he got found out in, uh, out of position quite a bit as well. I've seen him drifting over to the left quite a bit. Um, but he's, he's talented. You can't give up on him yet. We've seen a number of players come through. They don't take their chance fully at the start, but... I, I, I think he's a good player. I don't. I think he's received a lot of criticism on social media, and I think it's a bit unfair on Oliver Skip. Mm. I mean, on Oliver Skip, Jace, we've got a question here from Carlos Blanco at Chalky White, nineteen seventy-four, who says views on Skip. I'm thinking it's a little too soon. Not criticising, but just feel it's too early. Trust Podge a hundred percent, but in my humble opinion, I'd like to get the team's thoughts on it. What do you think, Jace, on this one? What was this? His was what his second mm. Premier League start. And people want to be writing him off already. You know, he didn't have a, a great game by any means. Funnily enough, you know, those that criticised him seem to be totally blind by the fact that he was the one that closed the ball down for our second goal. And we got the second goal from him closing the ball down. So there's something he did in the game. There's an impact he had in the game. But how people want to be writing a kid off that's, that's 18 years old and played twice in the Premier League is, is ridiculous. And, you know, as I said... If, what's Kovacic and, and players like that contributed this year and you know pe- people want us to go and sign the, the, the lunatic Frenchman that has no intentions of joining us and they'll be singing his names despite the fact he'd be shit every game so you know get behind some of our own players we've we've seen it all season with players that that the, 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 that mentality has been writing off all season it's Sissoko's not good enough and then Lorente's not good enough and Hugo's a liability and and, and Trippier's this and Eric Dyer's fucking useless and yet there we are <laughs> there we are with 60 points so you know these useless players seem to be delivering some points on the ball don't they mm, I mean I think Sir Hill Ahmed agrees with you Jason he says what is it with our fans and bashing of our own players I was sat in front of a few moaners my god they moan everything about Lorente as I see it, that's two assists and a goal for him. What more do they want? We all know he's no Harry Kane, but come on, support the players and the team. Now, we're going to come on to Lorente shortly, but just to bring it back a second to Oliver Skip, send, OK, maybe not the words writing him off, but do you think at the same time, is it too soon to give the kid an opportunity or is he only, only going to learn the games? Was it too soon to give Harry Winks an opportunity? I mean, let me put it to you this way, right? Again, if, if the means justify the ends. If someone had said to us we were going to win 3-1, you know, and and play okay, and all right, skips young. You would have still, you still would have said, yeah, there's a mistake or two in him. But as I said, we still walked away with the three points. That's it. So, yeah. you know, that I think it's good to give players experience. I think that, you know, I'll, it's not bad to give him a start against Leicester. Bearing in mind, as I said, we got Dortmund in the week. I think our hand was slightly, hands were slightly tied with the team that we could have put out anyway. Bearing in mind our, our midweek game against uh, Dortmund, so. As I said to you, I think the means justify the ends. We got the result, we got the three points, and as I said, we're still sitting in third. So that's that's good enough for me. Yes, yeah, spot on. Well, let's discuss the referee in some kind of try and try and analyse his performance. God, we might be here for a while. But Alf, you know, Spurs attacker Hummin Song got a yellow card early in that game for what the referee deemed to be simulation. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've seen penalties given for far less contact these days, and a booking given those circumstances seemed extremely harsh. What did you make of it? If it was Mohamed Salah, he would have got that penalty. He's been given a few this year. Um, I don't know if you see Harry Maguire's initial reaction to when Son went down. 
he actually pointed towards outside of the area to say it wasn't in the area, it was a free kick. Mm. And then until we realised Michael Oliver saying, no, Son's dived, that's when he got in his face and was uh, waving his finger. So I think Michael Oliver was awful yesterday. I think his first foul, he gave, he gave us our first foul in a 50-second minute, mm. which is disgraceful. And uh, yeah, that, that, that dive from Son, as Potch said, unbelievable. VAR next year, mate, VAR. <laughs> and, and when you compare the Madison penalty, Madison's got a reputation. That was never a penalty. Jace, what did you make of the refereeing performance? Because I've got to be honest with you, that for me, I don't think... I mean, I know I said he may have an agenda against Spurs. I think I may be going a bit too far-fetched there, even from me. I might backtrack on that. But that was definitely one of the most worst performances I've seen from a referee in recent years, from a Premier League official anyway. Yeah, it wasn't a, a good performance. I actually think he's, more often than not when I see him, I think he's a very good referee and... I've never seen him have such a, a poor game as that for a, well, I can't remember the last time he had a poor game. But I think, you know, as Alf just said, I think if um, if that Salari gets the penalty, the only thing I would also say is if that Salah, every Spurs fan would be saying he's dived. And and that's where the tribalism comes into football because, you know, every single penalty now, if it's, if it's from a rival club, he's seen as a dive anyway, isn't it? You know, we, we even had the nonsense with that. The Harry Kane one against Chelsea, where the keeper completely wiped him out. You know, every other supporter claims that's a dive, and that's that's the the way we are in football. But you know, whether whether he gave it or not, I think to to, to book Sonny was was absolutely ridiculous. It certainly wasn't a booking, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And of course, you, you never get that rescinded, do you? The a yellow card. So hopefully that doesn't come to cost us later in the season if Sonny suddenly picks up a, a fifth yellow with a few weeks to go, and we end up losing him for a game. You know what, Jay, so you never really see Pochettino ever come out and criticise referees. He's, he's no. not that kind of man to do that. So, and especially on the back of a win. You know, normally in his press conferences after a win, he's normally quite calm, normally quite happy. But for him to be as angry as what he was, that tells, tells you everything, what he thought of his performance. Yeah, and, and you know that. I'm, I'm actually loath to criticise him sometimes because I think it's the game's a lot easier when you see it from eight angles with, with 15 slow motions and zoom cameras and things and when you see it once. But... You know, it was like I say, Michael Oliver was in a perfect position, and it was a it was a strange decision. The only thing I would, the other thing I would say about it is, when you actually look at it, I don't know why Christian Eriksen was even trying to give the ball to Sonny because Lorente had made a, a perfect run and pulled off into space and had a had a clear clear effort at goal if he'd have, he'd have given it to him. And I think if Lorente had been Harry Kane, I think Eriksen would have played it into to him, or it had been Deli Ali. So. You know, Ericsson, there was no need for Ericsson to even be looking for Son from that. So, you know, there's, there's that to add to it as well. But no, it was, a, you know, as I say, Sonny should never have been booked for it, that's for sure. Mm. Sen, we'll come back round to yourself because a diving bullet headed from Davinson Sanchez put Spurs in front. Christian Ericsson's curling ball into the box. It was a rocket of a header from the Colombian who gave Schmeichel no chance. His first goal for the club and what a way to get off the mark. Absolutely. I mean, look, I'm, I'm pleased for the guy, um, you know, to score your first goal for Spurs. Um, you know, it's, it's always a fantastic thing. And you can tell, tell by the uh, rest of the team they were, they were pleased for him. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot. You've got to bear in mind, we've got a lot of really decent youngsters in the team and we've got lots coming through. I mean, um, you know, as I said, Davinson Sanchez, Colombian, still young. Um, Harry Winks. Um, who else we could talk about? You know, there's loads of them in there. You've got Skips, you've got you got uh, Parrot, Troy Parrot, you've got Jack Rolls. We've got so many young players coming through. You know, I haven't even talked about Tim Young or, or, or Ryan Clark. So, some of, you know, as I said, I'll just talk a touch on the, 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 the youth of the squad. I think, 
we're doing very well, and I think that we uh, the future is fairly bright for us. Um, so you know, Davinson Sanchez scoring is good for us. It just shows that we've got some good, decent youngsters in the team. Sanchez for you, Senjo. Do you see this guy becoming a number one defender for Spurs? There's obviously a lot of speculation will come in the summer with Alderweire, his contract situation. Jan Vertonghen's not getting any younger. But having said that, Jan, hopefully he stays at the club for a long time. Is this the opportunity for Sanchez to really try and grab a first team slot ahead of next season? Not just for Sanchez, I think for several of them. I think it's up mm. for grabs, isn't it? Yeah. I think that um, certainly, look, um, with the back four we've got, I mean, we've got, I know Rose is in and out of the side, I know Trippier's in and out of the side. Um, you know, but the centre-back situation, I think we've got, you know, um, how can I put this without being too unkind? Um, we've got a couple of centre-backs that are sort of getting to the age where they're creaking a little bit. Um, without having to spend vast sums of money, we've already got um, Foyth, who, although young, um, is a good prospect. Yeah, Sanchez is also a good prospect. But if these two players who have been given a chance really do start to you know, grab the team by the scruff of the neck and, and really make those shirts their own. I think we've got at least five, six, seven, eight years of quality centre-back football to, to come from those players I've just mentioned. agree with that one. Now, Spurs have scored 14 headed goals in the Premier League this season, more, four more than any other side. Alf, what did you make of Sanchez's header? A great one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great delivery from Ericsson. One of them classic Ericsson whips that he normally does, but not normally from a corner, which I was surprised. He never normally beats the first man, but I think Trippier <laughs> took it, gave it back to him. It was an unbelievable cross. It was. I mean, Jace Sanchez is actually the 147th different player to score in the Premier League for Spurs. No team has more different scorers in the competition's history. So nice just to see him get his first goal, wasn't it, for the club? Yeah, it's always always a nice moment for them, that first goal. And particularly when it comes in a, a win and it's an important goal. But, um, you know, the, the, the real quality of the goal is... As I've just said, was was the ball in from Ericsson. It was a fantastic ball, and you know, very similar to the one he dropped in for Delhi Alley at Fulham, wasn't it? Just a few weeks before that. And there's another player that's been criticised as being was it piss poor of late or something. Yet still gets a goal and an assist and things like that. So it's it's just you know that that is Ericsson's quality, and we, we know he's got it. And it was a became a simple enough header for Sanchez. Mm, I mean, Ericsson's delivery, Jace, at times, you just think it's just pure sublime. And I know we've had a lot of discussions over recent weeks, and not to go back into about his future and where he stands, but he's recorded 57 assists since his Premier League debut for Spurs in September 2013. No player has registered more during that time. So it just tells you Ericsson's quality of delivery. There's no doubt how good that is. Second to none. Really, really special player. And then we go on to the second half where Oliver awards a penalty to Leicester where Vertonghen was a judge to have gone into the back of Madison during a scramble. Jace, you've had the opportunity to see it a couple of times now. For you, convinced it was a penalty? I'm not convinced it was. But, um, you know, like I say, I always I always try and look at it and think, don't, don't ignore all the replays because the referee doesn't get all those. So... I can kind of see why he gave that one, although although I think on replay it certainly wouldn't have been given by me. But there's, you know, it's the bit that I always get annoyed at when I hear penalties, and, and it was the same really with, with Sonny's one. Is this word there's contact because this this you know contact isn't a foul, is it? It has to be a foul, and I don't think I certainly don't think Yan Vertonghen fouled Madison, but everyone talks about contact as if that's all there has to be. But so I can kind of see why he gave it, but. You know, not not for me when I, when I saw all the replays. Yeah, and at that moment, that penalty was awarded. Sen, coming over to you, there was that huge kind of scramble on the touchline because Vardy was coming on to take it. I think many thought at the time when 
Madison got brought down. He got the ball. I think his intention was to take that penalty, but Vardy came on and he missed it. Hugo finally saved a Premier League penalty. What did you make of that moment in time? I was on the floor. <laughs> Hugo saved it. But, I mean, look, I know Hugo's coming from a lot of criticism, but, I mean, as I said to you earlier on, we've got a fine team and any team starts with defence. So, you know, the fact that he saved one and had has had several very, very good games. He's kept us in the game for a lot of for a lot a lot of lot of, lot of times that we've played, um, so I can't really criticise uh, Larissa at all. But uh, with regard to the penalty, look, I'm just glad it was saved. I don't care how they how they don't go in as long as they don't go in against us. <laughs> Not really bothered. Just on Larissa now, we've on this show we've had loads of debates of Hugo's form, but I mean for the penalty itself, we've got to say, guess right, vital save, dive to his right and palmed it away, and also. During the game, Alf, you know, he stuck out a foot to stop Barnes at close range while also making a number you maybe would say of routine saves. He couldn't really do much about Leicester's goal, but a good performance from Hugo. Important to see that, Alf, isn't it, from Lloris? Yeah, I think I really think he has been class the last three games. I know it was a while ago that everyone was saying, should he be dropped for Gaz? But I think he was superb yesterday. I think he was superb the game before. And that was a top save with his left foot from Barnes when he run through. It's a great save. Mm. Jace, just on Larice. Now we, I think we've we've been honest and said that his form has been patchy this season. There's no doubt about it. He was largely at fault when Watford scored from a corner eleven days ago. But he was superb against Leicester, as we said, making vital saves from Vardy and Harvey Barnes in particular. I just think at times, Jace, you know the criticism he gets. I don't believe he deserves as much as what he does because you look at that performance. He keeps Spurs in it. He's still one of the best out there. We know his distribution isn't the greatest, but shot stopping, he's still one of the best, Jace. Well, you know, you're preaching to the converted because I've said he's our number one goalkeeper despite Gazaniga's form this season, didn't I? So said that on the, the radio a few weeks ago that he's definitely our number one goalkeeper despite everything else that's been going on in the cup games. I mean, he got, you know, he, he had a he had a break right on the verge of half time, didn't he, yesterday with uh, with Tielemans' ball that, that you know he should comfortably save, and he almost bundled that one into the net. And that's the tiny, tiny margins that you're dealing with. If that goes you know, two inches inside the post, then we're looking at it as if it's been a, in another horrendous mistake and everyone's back on the Hugo's a liability thing. But, you know, he got away with that one, but the, the penalty save was a, was an excellent save, I have to say. Because Vardy, you know that Vardy actually, he does smash a penalty, doesn't he, Vardy? And he looks at, you know, it's one of his best things, his penalty taking. So, um, you know, it was a fantastic save. Really surprised, Jace, that Vardy didn't start the game. We know Claude Puel, though, he's trying to manage Leicester at a point where he's trying to change the squad, isn't he? He's got a couple of players or three or four that really rule that dressing room, probably from the title-winning era, and he's trying to build a new team. And Vardy's one of the old guard. And I just think, you know, for a player of his quality, he's got a great record against the top six. Was you surprised, Jace, to not see him actually start the game? Uh, in theory, yes. I mean, you know, don't forget both times we've played Leicester this year, he hasn't started, has he? So, although, you know, the flip side of that is both times we've played Leicester, Harry Kane hasn't started either. So, uh, <coughs> but I think Leicester are a very different side when Vardy plays to when they're not. But in fairness, you know, to Puel, despite, so, you know, his, his words afterwards that he wanted to see what Damari Bray could do or something, I think it's more to do with the fact that there, there does seem to be a problem between the two and, It'll be funny if Vardy's caught on TV calling him a fucking knobhead. Then, you know, <laughs> who else entitled? No, but that's the thing, isn't it? If, you, if you've got a player that's calling you that, then don't be surprised if the manager thinks, well, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have it ourselves, don't we? Where we say, back the manager, back the manager. And, yeah. and it's up to Puel to be in charge. And, and Vardy, you know, however powerful your dressing room is, 
you can't be going around calling your manager that and being caught on TV doing it. So, you know, he, he denied that there'd been uh, words between them, didn't he, in the build-up to the week, because uh, I presume he doesn't want to hang Vardy out to dry. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure that's probably why he didn't play yesterday, rather than more than Puel actually saying, I want Damari Gray to have a chance. Yeah, I mean, just back to Lloris for a second, Alf. This is from Ben Power, Ben020990. He says, Hugo with an amazing performance. Does that settle the debate about our number one for now when he produces performances like that? Or do we need to see it more often from him to settle that debate from our fans? I think we have seen it often in the last three games. I think he honestly has been superb. And uh, he's our number one keeper. I know Gaz has been in good form, but he is our number one keeper. And I know Jay's just touching it. He has his prime mistake, but he's, he's vital to us. He's a top keeper. Mm. He's got a big game coming up Wednesday night at the Champions League. We're going to come on to that very shortly. So just to, you know, you brought it up. Earlier, Jace, I want to ask, send this, but Skip did close down a Leicester clearance which deflected into the path of Eriksson, who played a lovely one-two of Lorente, and the Dane buried his shot from distance. Now, this may not surprise you, Sen, but Eriksson has now scored 46 Premier League goals, with 20 of them being scored from outside the box. He loves a long-range strike, does Christian Eriksson, Sen? He does, but then the guy's class, isn't he? I mean, you know, you gave the stats earlier on, he's second to none. You know, what do you expect from a quality player? You know, exactly that. And you're named after him, Sen, even better, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think he's named after me. <laughs> right, let's get that right. He's named after you. Let's make that very clear. Yes, mate. I've got the 23 shirt on, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> Jace Ericsson. Now, we discussed about him earlier because he's had a difficult couple of weeks. He's been without, as we've said, Kane, Ali. And to be fair to him, he has been below par. But, you know, he's excelled during this game, hasn't he? A goal assist. There's not much more you can ask from, from the bloke. No, he has. He's, you know, he hasn't been. He hasn't been at his very best in the last few weeks. But I think part of that, you know, people have to understand. If you haven't got Kane and uh, and Delhi making the normal runs, then it's there's obviously less chance for him to find the passes. Although, you know, as I said, I, I thought he he turned down a, a really simple one into Lorente for for the Sonny penalty. But we know his quality. I mean, there's no no question marks. We know he has the odd quiet game and things like that. But We've still seen him over these weeks have, have big influences on games. And he may, he may not be playing brilliantly for 90 minutes, but he's still involved in games and he still looks our most creative player. And, and you know, as people say he's, he's really poor, I tell you what, do you want to leave him out the side then? And, oh, and if, they, if, if you left him out the side, those that are screaming that he's poor would soon be screaming for saying, why have we left him out? And, and that's the up and down nature of, of some of the fans, mate. Yeah, I mean, Alf, just to touch on it with yourself, Ericsson was very lively in behind the, the strikers, created some great openings with clever passes and touches, set up the first goal with a lovely cross before the second with a fine finish. I mean, do we just need to sometimes appreciate just what a great player he is, Alf? Definitely. I think Jace just was on a tee there. If you take away Ali and Kane from his game, he's going to struggle. The little runs, the touches, the passes, the link-up, it, it, it's a massive part of his game. When Lorente offers something different, but that's not suitable to how he plays, and you can't drop him from this team. He's quality. Sen, I think it's fair to say for 89 minutes or so, it wasn't really turned out to be Hun Min Son's day. His shots were blocked, his runs too often went nowhere near, and he was booked for diving, which I think he was fairly unlucky to have been. But he put Spurs out of sight towards the end of that game, running on through on goal to score for the third match in a row. Sonny never fails to disappoint, does he? Listen, the guy has different class, and given the fact that he's just come back from 
playing in the was it Asian World Cup where it was? Um, Asian Cup, yeah. yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah, you know, for a guy that's tired to put in a performance like that week in, week out. I mean, let me ask you, how many teams in the Premiership would love to have a player like that? You know, it's incredible, isn't he? I think yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you know, um, and you touched on Ericsson as well. I mean, I think you know, again, looking at teams that want to buy, you know, some of our players. You know, I know Ericsson's sort of um, hanging out there for a for a new contract, maybe. But again, I know we're going to get back to Sonny for a second. But you know, players like that, everyone, everybody wants to nick our players. So you know, for Sonny, who let's face it, when he came to us was. You know, the question was, who's this bloke? Well, I think he's answered a lot of questions. You know, the guy is different class. And the very fact that he puts a shift in every single game against every sort of team that we play, doesn't matter who they are, bottom six or top six, the guy is just completely different quality. And I love the guy. I think he's fantastic. He is. I mean, Jace, we've reveled about Sonny on this show. Do you think also, now we have got a couple of breaks in between because we're not in the FA Cup, League Cup. This now gives Sonny the opportunity just to have a bit more rest than what he would have had. And we may start seeing though, more of the quality that we have been because he's been in brilliant form this season. And I just wonder, in a way, that's going to benefit Spurs long-term towards the running. Well, he's been, in, he's been in brilliant form in the last three months. I don't know about the whole season because, you know, the first part of the season he had... He had the, the original Asian tournament and he, he didn't come back in great form from that. So it's, I think it, it was really from that Chelsea game onwards, wasn't it? But I mean, his energy going through in the, in the last minute yesterday, you know, that's, that's a 90, what was it, 92 minutes into a game and he's running with the ball. He's, he's, he's going away from Johnny Evans the whole time. And OK, Johnny Evans isn't the quickest defender, but to make that type of lung-busting run in the 92nd minute was was fantastic and, and took the chance well and it just killed them off, didn't it? But he's he's shown, you know, Newcastle, Watford and yesterday, he's shown a real leadership quality. Like I said, it, it may not be verbal leadership, but he's he's taken responsibility in Kane's absence and really grabbed that side and said, look, I'm, I'm the big star here. It's time for me to, to really deliver. And he's, he's just done it in a, in a fantastic way. So full credit to him. He's, he's been a great player for us in this period. And, you know, as I think after Dortmund's, we got, what, 10 games to Burnley. I would imagine Pochettino may well take them off to the, um, like he usually does every year. They go to Barcelona, don't they, for three or four days. That's so right. um, it wouldn't surprise me if they do that. And hopefully there's there's plenty of time for them to get their feet up and, and have a few hours off in the afternoons and things and, and get some rest and then get focused on the, for the next part of the season then. You talk about responsibility, Jason, like you say. I mean, Alf, you know, Harry Kane with 20 goals is the only player to score more Premier League goals for Spurs at Wembley than Hummin Son with 16. I mean, that just tells you just how good Sonny has been stepping up in the absence of Kane. Yeah, he has, he has really stood up whilst uh, Delhi and Harry have been away. And he, I feel like he's getting better every season. Uh, I think he had 30-plus sprints yesterday. And you question his tiredness. I don't know if you've seen the interview and he said... What tiredness, I'm doing it for the team, not myself. So Wonderful guy. I, I, I love his actual quality. Yeah, he is. I mean, it'd be impossible, Alf, now to put a price on him. I don't know what you'd, you'd say. I mean, he's tripled, quadrupled the price that we bought him for, hasn't he? 100%. What, 150 million plus, I'd say? Easily. Yeah. I mean, 150 million, yeah. 27, I think. He's only yeah. getting better. He hit his prime now. And the great thing is we have got him on that long-term contract. I know all contracts don't mean much, but to have him now down as we have done could be a good thing for the future. Now, one guy who has earned a lot of praise out there was Moussa Sissoko. And Jace, I'll start with you because when you need someone to relieve the pressure, he really does seem to be that man, doesn't he? I mean, so many lung-busting dribbles down the flanks 
through the middle, across the pitch. I mean, he was simply everywhere. And the great thing I love is that at one point during the game, Sissoko was referred to as a calming influence. Now, could you imagine that phrase being used a year ago, for example, Jace? Well, we all know the, the problems he had for so long, but he has been a revelation this year. I and mean, It just shows you, once, once players can start playing with confidence, it makes a huge difference. He's got into a... I think we found his genuine position this year. I think that was a key thing, was, was getting him more central, giving him a proper role in the side, and he's, he's just thrived off it. And, you know, even though people will say he's, he's a different player this year, there was, there was plenty of games last year he played really well in. I mean, the, the Swansea Cup game last year, he had an f- absolutely fantastic game at Swansea. Played really well at West Ham last year. Played really well at Everton last year. But but so many people were were just completely anti him. That even if he did play well last year, nobody wanted to admit it, did they? But, you know, everyone's got behind him this year and, it, and it's showing in his, his confidence. And the, the ball into to Sonny, OK, the defender's, defender could have cut it out, but... You know, it wasn't just a hoof anywhere clearance. I think he genuinely saw, knew where Sonny was and, and delivered it into that area of the pitch. So there was a there was a lovely little dinked ball into, I think there was one into Lorente in the first half. He pinged a couple of passes. You know, that, that's what you want from him. And we, we've seen a big improvement in, in him this year and it's, it's, it's good to see. Yeah, I mean, Buck94 at Buck94 says, coming around to you, Sen, do all Spurs fans like me think Muta Sissoko is probably the most improved player in the world this season? I've got to hold my hands up and say, if the club had given away for free at the start of the season, I would have been delighted. Now I'm gutted if he's not in the team. I, th- I think there's a lot of people that would think that. I mean, you know, when he first came, I know that sometimes you can say it takes a little bit of time to bed in and settle down, but... As I said to you, you know, before about some of the players that, that are in there now, you know, who would you take out? You know, if you sorry, who would you put back into the team to take Sissoko out? So Arguably, I mean, you know, you, every good quality team needs a ball winner. Then go in there, pick the ball up, and play it to the likes of Ericsson, You know, to, to to weave their magic. I think the guy's been fantastic, and yes, it, it took a bit of time. But as I said, who who would you who would you replace him with? That's difficult. I mean, what I would say is Dembele was fantastic for Spurs and Sissoko's almost become this mega Musa, the way he runs with the ball. It's been wonderful to watch him develop. And I think you're right there, Sen, that at the moment, I mean, if it's, you know, you're picking your 11, he's in that team every single day of the week. But I do say, obviously, in the summer, Spurs will maybe need to look at that central midfield area. Now, we'll come round to you here, Alf, because Mark at Batsy Face says... Does Sissoko's rise make you never want to write off a Pochettino player again? And Mari says Sissoko, player of the season. What do you make of those kind of questions? He has been like a new signing. I think Poch deserves a lot of credit for sticking with him. I know he's tried him in a lot of positions, the right back, right wing back, behind the striker. But he has been one of our best players this season, so I think he deserves all the credit he gets. And unsure about the trials with Poch because we've seen a few Stambulis for example it doesn't doesn't always work but persistence isn't it Alf he's almost you know he's not willing to give up on maybe some players and there's one there that he's persisted with found his position now and he's going to be picking in that team every week if he carries on the way he's playing yeah 100% now, Winksy, an interesting one. Harry Winks, for me, had a, a decent first half. Second half was maybe less active during the game. I mean, Jace, what did you make of Winks' performance? Completed 79 out of the 86 passes he attempted versus Leicester. No other player completed more than 57. What did you make of Winks' performance, Jace? Because, again, several murmurs out there. Didn't think he had a great performance overall, but decent first half, I think, on viewing. Yeah, I think it was a, you know, a six, six out of ten performance there. Uh, 
I think, you know, like, like I said last week, he's, he's not what I call a, a BBC match of the day player, is he? He's, you know, he's not in too many highlight reels, but his he's use of the ball and the way, he, you know, he made a fantastic uh, defensive run. When, when was just before, I think, half-time when, when Leicester were looking to break, got back into Trippier's side, made a fantastic tackle and, and such. And I just, I like him. I mean, you know, I think the, the balance is right in midfield. We got overrun a little bit in second half of midfield yesterday and maybe that's partly of having skip alongside him rather than a than an established player but I, I've, I've said it all along haven't I? it's another one I don't understand the criticism that, that Winks is getting and you know people can say oh he wouldn't get in the other top four sides and and things like that but some of the players that are in those other tops you know Manchester United bought Fred would he get in Tottenham's side <laughs> you know with Kovac, I mean you know I know we've taken the mickey out of Kovacic because he was your choice and you know, I, I was the same. I, I thought Kovacic would be a useful addition for Tottenham, but does Kovacic look any better than Harry Winks? You just don't know, do you? You look at players over the summer, you just don't know how they're going to come in, how they're going to play. And I, I don't even think Naby Keita's had a... You know, I thought Naby Keita would be a fantastic signing for Liverpool, but has Naby Keita really done that much more than Harry Winks this year? Has, has Gwendouzi done that much more than Harry Winks? So when they say Harry Winks wouldn't get in the other four sides, I don't think Cater or Gwenduzi or Kovacic or Fred would knock Harry Winks out of our side. Mm. Blah, blah, blanking, I think agrees with you, Jace. He says, most interceptions, 86 passes with accuracy of 91.9 and 101 touches, plays with great calmness and confidence, great in switching the play and recycling the ball, playing whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never do that. But the only other thing I will say is, you know, you have to have homegrown players. Mm. And in Europe, you have to have four that have come through your club. So if people want to say, oh, Winks isn't good enough, and Oliver Skip's not good enough, you know, I don't know where they want their homegrown players to be. Because, you know, Harry Kane can't have three kids quick enough to get them into the first team, can he? You know, it's not going to happen. So, you know, you have to have some uh, homegrown players. And I think in Harry Winks, we've got a super little player. And again, people forget it's still only his, I think that was his 27th Premier League start. There's not a lot of football that he's had. You know, so get off his back and, and just let the boy play. And the passion that he's got for the club, you know, you, you want that heart and desire in there as well. And you know, I don't understand the criticism of him. Mm. Now, we've got some questions on the defence, which I think is fair to bring these into question because the performance yesterday is, you know, as much as we got over the line, defence at times didn't look that great. So let's start with you, Sen. This is from Matt Cormell. Great result. Job well done. But were we defensively suspect? Normally give away so few chances, but with some better finishing, we could have been in serious trouble from Leicester. Do you agree with that, Sen? Um, yeah, listen, I, I don't think that's an unfair comment. But then again, you know, you, you have to look at the result. You know, we, we've not played well against quite a lot of teams uh, with, whilst the big boys have been out, but we're still winning. And that's what counts. So, you know, I'd still take that. You know, I'm sure that given the choice of... You know, having better defenders that we would have bought, we could have bought in the in, in in the transfer window. We never managed to do it. So what have we got? We make do with what we have. Um, and I think, as I said, the, you know, I've said it before, the means justify the ends. So you know, once we're grinding those results out, I, I would rather you know carry on playing not well and still picking up the three points. And I think most Spurs um, supporters would agree with that. Mm, I agree. With you on, I do agree with you on that. And then forty wings underscore at Spurs transfer ten. Don't worry, Jason. It's not a transfer question. This is for you, Alf. He says eleven shots on target conceded against a team outside the top six. And at Wembley, why are we giving away so many chances? What do you believe is causing this? You can put a finger on it, Alf. Trippier was fairly poor yesterday. Uh, I think he was caught out of position. 
I think he's too reactive to situations sometimes. He normally bombs forward before we're fully in the in the rhythm of a counter attack, and then he gets caught and he has to chase back. I think if Vardy would have started, I think it could have been a different game. They, they lacked the clinical edge in front of goal, but I think I don't didn't think Trippier had that good of a game yesterday. Mm, Darren Panmenter and Luke at CHFC Luke also agrees with you on this. Jay, they say another below average defensive performance from Trippier. Are you worried, like me, about Trippier? He's getting constantly found out defensively. Well, we've we've said it all season, haven't we? We're, we're worried about him, but um, and you know what? I, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to go and sign Wan Bissaka in the summer, but the, the confusing bit with me with Trips yesterday is, is if you saw a, a freeze frame of Leicester's penalty when we had the ball, he was level way into the to the Leicester half, almost almost on an exact line with where Danny Rose was, and yet. For the penalty, if you look, Danny Rose, I think, gets back and tries to make the initial tackle, doesn't he? I think it's Danny Rose and Winks try and go in there and make the tackle. And by that time, Danny Rose has got back an extra 18 yards on trips. It's as if he's just trotting back into position. And we've seen, in fairness, you know, Musa Sissoko, another thing that I've been impressed with him this year is the amount of times he's had to cover for Trippier at right back. So it's definitely a problem. We know that Tripp struggles for pace. We know he struggles when people run at him and I kept looking at Raheem Sterling yesterday thinking, God, I hope, you know, I'd worry if that was Trips up against him because he tore Espiliqueta to pieces. So it's, it's definitely a problem with Trips. He's, you know, he's, his weaknesses have been there for all to see and it, it's certainly something that we probably will have to improve on in the summer. Yeah, we did a podcast, Jace. You remember a while back, that horrendous game against Man City. Listeners probably don't want to even remember it, where I think Trippier that day, he did get torn to absolute shreds against City. I think the 5-0 defeat up at the Etihad. Do you remember that? 5 or 6-0. I've tried to forget it. Do you remember? Well, yeah, he was, wasn't he, by Lee Rose. That's Simon, right, yeah. But as I said, you know, I, I mean, I've just seen yesterday Raheem Sterling tear Aspiliqueta to pieces. Yeah, and no, of course. Aspiliqueta's yeah. been one of the, the best defenders in the Premier League since he came into it. So it can happen to you. But with trips, it's the the regularity of people getting in and behind him and, and getting behind him so easily these days, isn't it? It's mm. You know, we, we've seen him in, in kind of daydreams land too often and it, it is now not even difficult to get past. That's, that's the problem. Mm. I mean, just on summary here, just in defensively, you know, talking, saying that Spurs, as we've said, they look vulnerable at times against Leicester. We allowed 20 shots with nine on target. And I think, as we've said, if the visitors had been more clinical or Lloris had not produced his heroics in the game, may have been a different result. But, you know, let's face it, Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday night, they'll probably not be as generous not taking their chances. What do you think of this one? A big game for Spurs, Champions League first leg. Well, it's a, it's a massive game. I mean, um, look, I mean, if Marco Royce is back, I mean, they've got Mario Gotts, so they've got Jadon Sancho, and Jadon Sancho is not even German. I mean, he's, he's born in Camberwell, you know, for God's sake, you know. Um, just talking about Jaden Sancho for a second. I mean, the, the kid oh, couldn't get in at Watford, couldn't get in Man City, pinched from the British public's noses, so to, or the English Premier League's noses, and doing absolutely miracles over in the, in the Bundesliga. So I am worried because you know players like Axel Witzel as well. You know, we we do have um, some seriously good players playing against us on Wednesday. But you mentioned about, you know, people um, scoring against it or, or, you know, the buts and maids about Leicester. Yeah, they couldn't put the goals away. You know, as I said, we've got a good result. If if we can keep them out at Wembley, maybe snatch, snatch a goal if we're lucky. You know, I, I think that 
although it's going to be a tough game, I think you're going to you find that Spurs this season and last season, probably the season before, we have a steely resilience to us. And I'm hoping that we will be able to play well against uh, against Dortmund. I've got, I wouldn't say high hopes of, of getting a fantastic win, but I think that if we can nick a goal and hold on to it, I think we'll do all right. Just on Marco Royce, as we understand it, he's likely to miss that first leg. He suffered a thigh injury against Werder Bremen earlier in the week, which left Dortmund boss Lucien Favre feeling the worst. We don't believe he's going to play against Spurs. Having said that, like Senna said there, Alf, this is going to be a very tricky game. This is not the same Dortmund side that Spurs have faced over the last couple of years where they've had favourable results against them. going to be a very tough game over two legs, this one. Yeah, it will. Uh, I believe they're top of the Bundesliga, aren't they? That's right, yep. Yeah, I think they've lost once all season, so it will be. But they have had a dip in form last three games. I had a look earlier. I think they've drew their last three games. So uh, I think, yeah, Sancho's on fire, obviously. I think they've got that Alcacir. He's on fire as well for him. It'd be a tough, tough test, but I think we'll have enough to pull through. You reckon, what, over the two legs, you're confident? Yeah. And, well, I think Kane and Deli back for the second leg, aren't they? Fingers crossed. We hope so, won't we? Fingers crossed. Jace, give us your thoughts going into this one. I mean, Sen made a great point there, that Jadon Sancho, player that played in England, gone off to Germany, playing ever so well. Does that maybe, you know, give players like him, you know, should more be doing it? Should players take themselves abroad and go like we've seen Marcus Edwards go there? Maybe we want to see him play more regularly for Spurs. Hasn't worked out for him here. Should Sancho's form that we've seen out in Germany encourage more younger players to go out there and play? I think it's starting to at, at that young level um, because they're just fed up waiting for the chance. I mean, you know, Bordeaux have just signed Marja from Sunderland, haven't they? Rio Griffiths went to Leon. Lookman went to, on loan last year. You know, there's a number of players out and about. And I think it's full credit to them. It, it, you reach a stage where, you know, I look at a player like Loftus-Cheek and think, if he'd have been going abroad, he'd have, he'd have had his 70, 80 first-team games by now. But we, we we don't do it in England, do we? Or most clubs do, tend not to do it. And But he's a player, isn't he, Sancho, that if we'd have signed him in the summer, we'd have still had that, oh, you know, he's, he won't take us to the next level. Why are we buying someone who's a kid from, from Manchester City? Why aren't we buying a £50 million player? And, and you can see that if you've got the talent, you just need that platform to perform and, and it'll come through. So he played really well at the weekend. But let's, let's also not forget that they were 3-0 up Dortmund and still drew 3-3. So that shows you there's a vulnerability to Dortmund. I can see it being, a. I think, over the two legs. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a 4-3 aggregate score. I can see, I, I, don't see, I don't see any side keeping a clean sheet in either game type of thing. So it could be, you know, it could be just a lot of, lot of attacking football, lots of chances. And like I say, I think... It, I can see it being 4-3-5-4 over the two legs. Jace, Nick THFC1981 says, how do we approach the Dortmund game, considering the likelihood that Kane and Ali will be back for the away leg? Should we try and keep it tight and try and avoid an away goal? Or do we play our game and go for it? Three at the back or four for you? Um, three at the back or four. I don't, I don't necessarily think the three at the back or four at the back changes the approach that we have you know, in, in trying to dominate and win a game. I, I always want to see us play on the front foot and go for it. I know it will leave you vulnerable to a counter-attack, but but I think that's, that. you know, we, we, 
Dortmund scored against us at Wembley last year, didn't they? But we got the three. So, you know, Chelsea, we, we went on the defensive at home, having got an early penalty, and it, it didn't do us any good over the two legs, did it? So, for me, try and put yourself in the, the strongest possible position going out there. And do you know what? I think if we take a lead there, we're as likely to score out there as they are at Wembley. So, I don't, I don't fear the away goal. But, um, you know, I'd like to see us try and score two or three, that's for sure. Alf, Kevin at KJC2287 says, what fullback pairing would you like deployed on Wednesday? Would you even consider to soak at right back after Kieran Trippier's deficiencies against Leicester? Is that a bit strong? Oh, I think given the energy and uh, the form of Sissoko, I think he has to be in there with Winks. I'd personally like to see a back three with uh, Toby brought in alongside, obviously, Sanchez and Fatongan. And I think I'd still stick with Trippier. I think he'd be better, in a, better, better with a three behind him. Uh, it'd have a tough task with Sancho's pace, but I think Aurier's always got a mistake in him for me, so I'd go with Trippier. Danny Rose back to his best. I think he's been unbelievable form. Danny Rose Trippier. That's my only query at the moment, Sen, that will Danny Rose start for a second consecutive game? Because I don't think it's because Pochettino doesn't want to play him. I think it's more fitness related because out of the two, listen, Davis has shown himself to be, you know, generally a good defender. I've got no doubts about that. Again, hasn't had his greatest season, but Rose at the moment looks back to, God, the form under Pochettino in that 16-17 season where he's back to his brilliant self. And for me, if he's fit, he's undroppable at left back, isn't he? Yeah, I think I'd listen. I'd, I'd have Danny Rose in there all day long. Um, I think you're absolutely right. He's um, he might not have been um, the favourite um, for a while, but um, I think given the choices that we have, I'd, I'd have Danny Rose in there all day long. Jace, Danny Rose, I haven't really had a chance to speak to you about it in more detail because we've got to say it has been a transformation. I know at times you've been a little bit unsure of his future, mental health, that kind of thing. But the way he's playing, Jace, if he is fit, surely you want him in at left back, don't you, against Dortmund? Yeah, I think Danny Rose is is uh, is definitely our best left back at the moment. I still don't think he's back to his very very best. I mean, I think Danny Rose at his best stops the cross that that they score from yesterday. But um, he's he's you know he's a, a lot better than he was six months ago. That's for sure, Danny Rose, and and his attacking prowess going forward and his energy that he brings going forwards is is vital for us. So yeah, and you you've got to bear in mind you have then got that that ten day break afterwards. So. You know, it's not like there's a game Wednesday and another game on the following Saturday and another game the following Wednesday. So he can get that, that second game in and then rest his feet up. And I don't know how fit Ben Davis is either. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd sooner see Danny Rose play on, on Wednesday. And then the other thing about the other side, when, when the question comes up, should Sissoko play at wing-back? Sissoko's playing so well where he is on the pitch. I think, why do you want to move him? Don't, don't take him from where he's... He's finally starting to show his true worth for Spurs. So leave him, leave him where he is on that part of the pitch. And I think, as uh, as Al said, you're going to have to go with Trippier the other side. Yeah, similar to what Al said there about Sissoko. Why yeah. move him when he's in such great form? Yeah. Just don't do that. Just don't do a move. You don't put square pegs in round holes when uh, when they're doing the right things. Mm. Now we all know Alf about Son's fabulous record against Dortmund. Surely he has to start this one, doesn't he? Oh, 100%. Without that. So for you, would you have Mora on the bench, Lorente starting now? Would you see that that attacking lineup? Uh, I'd start Lorente personally, and I'll go Ericsson, Son, uh, Winks, Sissoko holding, uh, Trippier, Rose, three to back. Okay, interesting. Sen, does Lorente make the cup for you for your team for Wednesday night? 
I agree with everything except for Lorente up front for me. Um, I'd have more up front. Um, but more shocking news from Spurs is that apparently we, we no longer have the cheese room. I'm, I'm more devastated <laughs> at that. We've not even spoken about it because, Jason, we know, Jace, you love a bit of cheese from the last show. You must be devastated, Jace. I am. You know, I'm shouting Levy out tonight if that cheese room gets a place. That's the worst thing he's done. I can't wait for the cheese room. (laughs) Are you genuinely gutted, Jason? This is even worse than a new signing because we know how much you hate transfers. Has a cheese room just, you know, topped it for you? I'd far sooner have a cheese room than a new signing, that's for sure. (laughs) Can I just say, it's no Gouda. <laughs> oh, very good. I like that. That's brilliant, Sally. You've been waiting for that one all night, haven't you? Mate, I've just honestly, I've just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Our first reaction: no cheese room. How are we going to survive? How are we going to cope? Oh, don't mate. I was proper cheesed off. <laughs> I love it. How long can we keep? How long can we keep this going? No, but in all, in all honesty, are we just concerned that we're going to find out there's no new stadium after all at this rate? Oh. <laughs> Are we going to get in there, Jace, eventually? Oh, let's hope so, mate. But, you know, the whole thing, I mean, not being funny, the whole thing with a cheese room, I've just always always thought, does it actually matter if we have one anyway? Yeah. Just... I mean, why do people want to get so wound up about a cheese room? It's this, you know, if it's in the stadium, so I don't, most of us won't be anywhere near that part of the ground and it, it shouldn't affect how much noise we make from the wall. It certainly shouldn't affect what we do on the pitch, should it? So, you know, I've, I've always just, just thought, just get over it. It's a cheese room, big deal. I shouldn't think it was going to take up the entire West End or anything like that, was it? Well, so, don't my ideas, Jace. Our defence isn't full of Swiss arms, mate. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jace, I mean, it seems at the moment it's another stick to kind of beat the club with, the fact that they haven't delivered on that as well at the moment. No, I'm just not bothered about it, mate. Just There's bigger things and more important things to worry about than whether or whether we haven't got a cheese room, that's for sure. No, I agree with that one. So just to kind of focus, last couple of minutes on Dortmund, Jace, what are you expecting then? Are you expecting like an open game? You want Spurs, like you said, to go and play on the front foot. What should we be looking to do in this first leg? I think it'll be quite similar to the game we saw Sunday. I think both teams will, will go for it. And I think they'll do that in both legs. So I think we'll see a, a real end-to-end exciting game and... Hopefully it's one that we come out on top of. But um, as long as, I actually, like I say, I think Dortmund are capable of coming to Wembley and winning and we're capable of going there and winning. And I think both sides will, will just play that way from the start. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the tie. But I, I think over the two legs, we'll, we'll just about have enough. Particularly with Kane to come back. And I wouldn't be, despite all the, the talk about Pochettino last week, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised to see Harry on that bench at least. Really, you for Dortmund? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not not saying he definitely will be, but but I wouldn't be surprised if he's just psychologically he's on the bench. Maybe that he might get thrown on the bench. Pochettino's probably thinking, I hope I don't have to bring him on. But with ten minutes to go, if we're a goal down, you know, just chuck him on there for those ten minutes or something. So I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the bench at all. Even from a psychological perspective, Jay, just having him on that bench does that affect yeah. Dortmund? And as I say, if he comes on for 10 minutes and and even if it's all square or we're a goal down going into those 10 minutes, Dortmund won't want to see that. And it just can create that little bit of panic in the box or something like that, can't it? So I, I, I honestly believe he'll be on that bench. OK. And just a prediction from you, Jace? I'll go... I'll go 3-1 Spurs. 3-1 Spurs. God, you're not yeah. holding back. 3-1 Spurs. No, I'm... <laughs> it could well be 3-1 Dortmund no, this is one of those games yeah yeah, yeah. I just you know I, I get the feeling we'll be alright ok Jason Rings will be alright Sen 
what you're thinking. Wrap it up for us and give us a prediction I'm as well. Not. Well, I, I reckon no cheese room is going to have an effect on us. But uh, having said that, <laughs> I think, look, if we can hold out, right, if Kane's on the bench, that's going to be a big psychological boost for us, OK? I think that if we can keep a clean sheet, we might nick it 1-0. I wouldn't go 3-1, but I've got to I've got to go 100% for Spurs, you know, as it is. So I think if we can hold out for a 1-0, and uh, if we take it away and we don't lose abroad, then that's a result. And I've got to say this, just to, while I back this up, like I said to you before, we, we, we struggled to qualify, but we got there. Now that we're in there, I think we've got a good chance of progressing through this round. And then it's up for grabs with regard to whoever we draw in the next round, if we get through. Love it. Sen, you've been a great debutant, so I've loved having you. You have to come back and do it all again. Oh, mate, I look forward to it. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll wear my lucky Spurs pants as well. Oh, there you go. You're in it here first. And Sen, try not to get too loud about the cheese room. We'll be all right. I'm sure we'll be okay. Mate, I'm devastated. I really am. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure having him and Alf let's bring you back in give us your thoughts ahead of this one and prediction uh, I'm going to go for two all I think they, they are good going forward Dortmund we know what they've got going forward but they can concede as well they're not the best at the back uh, I'll say two all and then we'll go to their place and do them okay there you go heard it here first from Alf Alf it's been a pleasure having you also tonight and hopefully we'll get you back on in the future <laughs> Definitely, mate. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Well, guys, big, big game. Champions League. Enjoy it. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.